Get ready to rumble. Shilling Show Unleashed on the Seven Thunders Media Network. Former city councilor, husband, father, and community watchdog. Your host, Rob Schilling. Welcome to the Schilling Show Unleashed podcast. Remember, your direct support makes our show possible, and you can directly support this podcast by visiting shillingshow.com and then clicking on the Patreon banner at the top of the page to make a monthly contribution. We appreciate your support. The Schilling Show Unleashed podcast welcomes Dr. Naomi Wolf, the CEO of dailyclout.io, Best-selling author of the book, The Bodies of Others, The New Authoritarians, COVID-19, and The War Against the Human. And today's topic is Pfizer's COVID Secrets and Truths is now being exposed in a new report. And Dr. Naomi Wolf, thank you for joining us today on The Shilling Show Unleashed. Uh, thank you so much for having me. I want to start with a big picture question because I think this sets the stage for what we're about to get into. As we look back at this COVID fiasco, how would you describe what America lived through, what we all lived through? Because this was not pleasant, but it didn't have to be as bad as it was. Well, it didn't have to be bad at all. We didn't have to change our lives at all, as it turns out, um, you know, except to can't, you know, make personal decisions about our health and where we go and with whom we hang out the way we have done for 400 years on this continent. And, you know, as Western Europeans have done for a thousand years, whether it's um, living through yellow fever, typhus, cholera, Spanish flu, um, you know, HIV, all of those were handled without any violations of our constitutional rights and uh, certainly without innovations that were rolled out um, that were very novel, but presented to us as sort of established public health protocols like quarantining masses of healthy people along with sick people. This literally, and I write about this in my book, The Bodies of Others, this literally never happened to free populations in democracies. The, the places where human beings have their movements restricted in history, like North Korea or you know, people on Indian reservations or the Jews in the Warsaw Ghetto, people's movements are restricted in anticipation of their assets being stripped or of their being fed into ovens. You know, like literally nothing good (laughs) happens to people in history when they're penned in together and kept from freedom of movement. For example, you know, when there was westward expansion, European American settlers uh, were moving west and grabbing the lands of Native Americans they weren't able to do so in the 1850s and 60s very well at all. They were being massacred. Then the United States government had the great idea of herding Native Americans into reservations and restricting their movement, and it made it very easy for um, Western settlers who were of European descent to move out and take their land. You know, look at Jim Crow laws. People of color were kept in an inferior and economically depressed condition compared to white people because they were, you know, there were sundown towns where, you know, people of color weren't allowed to be out and about moving with free will after a certain time of day. So quarantines never happened like that. Lockdowns never happened like that in free societies. That's just one example. Um, The restriction of commerce. I write in my book about how 
even in the most hellish war zones. Schooling is never disrupted, even in refugee camps, you know, where people have nothing and there, you know, bombs are being dropped on them. Kids go to school every day and commerce is not disrupted. People buy and sell, you know, their, their little, you know, scruffy marketplaces. Why? Because everybody knows that once you stop kids from going to school and once you stop commerce, that community cannot survive. And that's exactly what happened to us. And these are just two examples. I could go on and on. But the bottom line is, I'm just kind of forecasting here, the the predicate of why all of these restrictions had to be imposed on us and our our constitution suspended was allegedly this unprecedented novel virus. Well, thorough investigation by independent reporters and scientists has concluded that the scale, you know, the claims, the numbers that legacy media and spokespeople from the government used to say millions of people are dying and everyone in the hospital is unvaccinated and, you know, people are dying from COVID. Well, a lot of those numbers were inflated and they were inflated via a gained PCR test, which was run at cycles of artificially high to yield false positives, or they were gained through changing how deaths were reported on death certificates, or they were gained through actually killing people in the hospital who had COVID with remdesivir and ventilators, which turned out to be you know, murderous interventions. Dr. Wolf, it's interesting to me, you mentioned our free societies and we're generally in the West liberty-minded. So how was it that places like Canada, which we were really surprised by, at least some of us were, Australia, another one, and then the United States, certain states, went in whole hog on this. People just basically capitulated and gave up their rights. How did this happen? Well, that is, a, that is the essential question because really tyrants always tyrant, right? That's what they do. The real shock or the real determiner of outcomes is whether people comply. Um, and history has also shown, I wrote a book called The End of America, which looked at places in the East and in the West where um, societies were closed, the open societies, democracies were closed by tyrants, uh, left and right. It didn't matter. These tyrants all did the same 10 things. For sure, when the people don't comply, it's very, very difficult, if not impossible, for a tyranny to establish itself. And you're absolutely right. You know, these free societies, Australia, Canada, places that, that had the legacy of freedom of speech, of human rights, Uh, freedom of assembly, um, freedom of worship, they immediately complied. And and many states in the U.S. did as well. And and as you say, like this surreal embrace of totalitarianism, um, which terrified me, you know, and people I know and love who are thoughtful and who know history. So the answer to that is complicated. I would say with Australia and Canada, the tyranny that they experienced was very uh, cleverly deployed. Basically, Australians had been asked to give up their guns, and Canadians, for the most part, don't have guns. Australia, in about April of 2020, their parliament was dissolved, and an unelected committee of uh, COVID, like a COVID committee of like businessmen and, you know, tech guys were put in place to run everything. I remember warning Australia, like, you will never get your rights back. Like, this is a point of no return. I guess And the other thing that happened was that they had the most aggressive and sadistic lockdowns of kind of all the nations. 
so like Melbourne was was like locked in for like two years or some insane you know amount of time and and there were insanely sadistic rules like you can't sit you on a bench outside and you know people were arrested for sitting in the park it's lunacy so I guess what I would say there is studies of isolation have shown that it uh, creates um, mental illness and a psychotic outcomes it actually damages people's brains to be isolated so I think there was a massive psychological attack on the people of Australia, which broke them for the most part, so that they, they literally couldn't ask questions. And I'm not talking about everybody. Of course, they're always dissidents. Overwhelmingly, people, people were broken by all of this isolation. And, and also, the government shot rubber bullets in a you know, famous day when you know, thousands were uh, protesting the lockdowns in, I believe, Canberra. So all of these things, you know, the government uh, enacting uh, psychological torture on a population and then shooting people when they protest, um, and also when people have no guns, that trifecta is very hard for people to come back from because what are you going to do? Um, Canada, it's a little harder to rationalize because they complied so hard so early but I think what you have to be aware of there is the freezing of the bank accounts of truckers. So Justin Trudeau kind of demonstrated at a midpoint of the lockdowns that he was willing to take everything you own if you're a dissident. And that is, again, has a massive chilling effect. And in the United States, well, we're very lucky for a couple of reasons. Our constitution, you know, other countries don't have exactly our constitution. Um, and it, it is a beautiful constitution. So as a result, like just speaking for myself, I live in New York State, which is one of the worst, you know, most tyrannical. But when Governor Cuomo said you can't have more than six people in your house, I thought, well, that is unconstitutional and put out an open call on social media for a potluck and had 50 people in my house and took pictures of it and posted it online. You know, the Constitution, I knew my rights. Right. And I knew he didn't have the right to do that. And so that allowed us to, I mean, that knowledge of our constitution allowed us to have more resistance in this country. In terms of the people in California, in New York, in God knows where, Washington, D.C., who in Boston, who complied and complied and complied, um, there what you've got is, and you saw this in Nazi Germany, and I'm Jewish, and my grandmother lost nine brothers and sisters to the Holocaust. I don't say this lightly, uh, the Nazis um, kind of locked in their power even before they were formally uh, elected as majority party in um, 1933 by creating incentives and disincentives professionally. In you know New York and Boston and a lot of sectors, pretty early on, people were um, given clear illustrations, like in medicine and journalism, for instance, that their careers would be over if they didn't um, align with the nonsense and that they would have career rewards if they did. And I personally experienced this, right? Like I spoke out against um, some of the damage from mRNA injections when it came to women and their reproductive health. I was deplatformed and I lost my entire career, mm. like my entire income, like everything. And so people saw uh, models of people being taken out um, economically uh, if they were dissidents. And so that led a lot of people to comply. Um, and also just psychological contagion, almost. People were afraid of being ostracized 
and they were ostracized. They didn't comply. And, and so like someone I love, an elderly relative, you know, would literally say, I have to get a booster because otherwise I won't be invited to like the bridge club. You know, I won't be invited to my, I mean, that my mom's synagogue in Corvallis, Oregon, which is a liberal town to this day, won't let unvaccinated people attend services. Wow. So who wants, like, it's a, a, it's a very kind of atavistic human fear of being abandoned, you know, by your tribe and left to die on a nice flow. And these monsters who designed these policies really played on that. Dr. Wolf, I guess what concerns me, many things about your story, your personal story, but that people like you who are in a high profile position who have been sat on and oppressed to be quiet, and you certainly haven't complied, but you paid a price for it, that they're attempting to intimidate the rest of the people who are watching into silence. And I think in many ways, there's a lot of people who are scared to do anything because they're not willing to lose it like you did. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I don't know how to say this on your podcast, but I wrote an essay titled, I'm not brave. You're just a P star SSY. Got it. (laughs) What I meant by that was I get so many emails from people saying, you know, I really admire what you're doing. I really agree with you. Of course, I can't speak out because my boss won't like it. My friends will be mad at me. And I just feel like I told a friend yesterday, I am more disgusted by that position than by someone who literally disagrees with me or simply doesn't know enough to make a, a decision. Because those people, you know, freedom isn't free. And all of us out here on the front lines have been punished, punished, punished. And it's not over, right? I nearly died in a hospital two weeks ago because they were going to, they hadn't fed me for four days and they were going to put me on a feeding tube. And, you know, I'm quite sure I had a very strong sense that I had like, dissident somewhere in the algorithm mm. <laughs> you know, that they, they were so cavalier about me being so close to death and just pushing my procedure further and further. And, and these days it could be the algorithm doing that, you know, not even a human being. But Dr. McCullough, you know, he said he's had the credentials er- from after his name erased one by one. And it's true. He's been ostracized from his, you know, from Baylor University, you know, like hacks who lie to the American people like Dr. Hotez are embraced by Baylor, you know, Dr. Alexander, um, all of the dissidents who are telling the truth, who have saved people's lives, they suffer nonstop punishments, economic punishments that I can't even describe, you know, social punishments, um, academic punishments, intellectual punishments. Uh, You know, I don't know if I can ever I was going to be a professor. I, I went back to school in midlife to get a doctorate. I can't be, a, you know, no university will hire me because uh, maybe Hillsdale, right? Because, because uh, those of us who speak out get so smeared on Wikipedia, you know, through these very complex algorithms that now, you know, AI creates news around the world. And so if you're like a conspiracy theorist, quote unquote, because you're telling the truth or being a real journalist or a real doctor, many, many, many doors will close to you. And I'm not even talking now about physical threats. You know, like everybody gets death threats, right? I luckily married my bodyguard. So, <laughs> you know, I've got someone highly trained to, to engage in what's his expertise, counter-stalking. But a lot of people didn't marry their bodyguards and, you know, they have to deal with the kind of threats and 
people freaking them out and, and, you know, going into their hotel rooms to find that their doors are unlocked, which happened to me in uh, DC not long ago. And, Mm. you know, like things I can't even describe um, that are such stressors. I guess what I'm trying to say is we're all very brave, whatever, whatever. You know what? We're not brave. We're just being decent human beings, (laughs) you know, looking at a situation in which obviously there's a rollout of evildoers policies to strip us of our liberties and kill off the United States of America as a republic. And obviously there's a rollout. We now have all the documentation. I, through my 3,500 doctors and scientists who have volunteered to read through the Pfizer documents and we've issued 76 reports on what's in it, we now have fully documented that there's this mRNA injection is a bioweapon to sterilize and murder and disable Western populations. You know, what kind of people wouldn't speak up if they know that? Like being silent isn't neutral anymore. Being silent is colluding with a regime that is literally on a scale, if not like bigger in scale than the Nazi regime. The Schilling Show Unleashed podcast continues with Dr. Naomi Wolf in just a moment. Community supported investigative journalism. Schilling Show Unleashed. Borderhawk.news is a one-stop shop with the latest news about immigration, nationalism, and globalism. The Borderhawk staff daily curates immigration news stories and, in the fashion of the Drudge Report, updates the site with cutting-edge content and original first-class commentary. Borderhawk.news highlights national and international media reports, tweets and nuggets buried in local news blurbs, polls, video clips, and policy research. Borderhawk is pro-legal immigration, pro-rule of law, but against an unsecure border as countless Americans have suffered violence at the hands of criminal illegal aliens. And an increasing number of Americans are concerned about how mass migration affects their daily life. Borderhawk.news will remain on the forefront of the immigration issue with a buffet of info to read, evaluate, and share. Bookmark Borderhawk.news. Add them on social media at News on Twitter. Get your fix. Shilling Show Unleashed. Dr. Naomi Wolf is our guest on the Shilling Show Unleashed podcast, and there's a new report out. It's called Documents Analysis Volunteers Report, and this is regarding Pfizer documents. This was put together by the War Room in conjunction with Daily Clout, which is your organization. So tell us about the methodology and the primary source information. Then I would like to get into the findings, Dr. Wolf. Aaron Siri, who's a lawyer, a very distinguished lawyer, sued um, to get the FDA to release these tens of thousands of internal documents that Pfizer had given into the custody of the FDA, and the FDA wanted to keep these documents hidden for 75 years until after we're all gone. And now we know why, um, but the judge did not agree, so the judge um, ruled that the documents had to be released. So this concerned me as a journalist because the documents are very voluminous, again, tens of thousands, and they're also written in very technical scientific language. So I knew that no journalist was going to be able to have the bandwidth or the expertise to explain to people what was in the documents, as historic as, as they were um, in their release. So I put out a call on Steve Bannon's war room and asked for experts, and we got initially 2,500 and then 3,500 highly credentialed doctors and scientists and RNs and medical fraud investigators, biological scientists, 
um, research scientists, uh, clinicians, anesthesiologists, cardiologists, pulmonologists, etc. And these people volunteered for the good of humanity to uh, read through these documents and um, issue reports. And then I taught these these groups, and Amy Kelly, our incredible project director and COO, um, also helped uh, to teach them how to write these reports in language that everyone could understand. So now we have 76 reports, and you can order you know, them in the Pfizer Documents Research Analysis Reports, which is on dailyclout.io and on Amazon. In these documents, in these reports, what they found is the greatest crime against humanity in recorded history. And specifically, you know, in addition to all of the catastrophic outcomes that Pfizer knew it was causing, the 1,220-plus murders, strokes at industrial scale, the dementias, Alzheimer's, epilepsies, neurological events, blood clots, lung clots, leg clots, um, there is, to me most notably, a 360-degree focus in the Pfizer documents and the Pfizer trials on ruining human reproductive mm. capability. And as a result, there are now a million missing babies in Europe, and there's between a 13% and a 20% drop in live births, according to government databases. This is really critical because most people don't realize, but in many places across Europe and places like Russia, Japan, the uh, population is plummeting. The numbers are really doomsday if you just extend out to about 2050 or so. This must be intentional. Who is behind this and to what end? Without doubt intentional. And, you know, I'm a cautious, serious journalist. I don't make wild claims. Yes. I didn't want to believe that there was a genocidal intent. But now that I've seen certain of these reports from our experts and seen the primary documents myself, there's no way to avoid concluding that. For example, Pfizer knew they were ruining people's fertility. You remember I was deplatformed and called a lot of names, and it turns out the people who colluded to do that were not just Twitter and Facebook, but Twitter and Facebook working with the White House, the CDC, the Department of Homeland Security, the Bureau of the Census, and a, a successful lawsuit by um, A.G. Landry showed that the White House was colluding with big tech to censor people like me. Why, if, if women are having menstrual problems in 2021, as I pointed out, they're going to, they're going to be fertility problems in 2023. You don't need a rocket scientist. You, like, you need eighth grade biology to understand that. So in the Pfizer documents, for instance, they knew that these lipid nanoparticles biodistribute throughout the body, even though the spokespeople said they stay in the deltoid, and they knew that they accumulate in the ovaries if you're a woman, and that our volunteers have found no way they leave the body. So the first injection they accumulate in your ovaries, the second injection more, first booster more, second booster more, and so on. Not only that, but they traverse the placenta. All these pregnant women were told, oh, the injection can't affect your baby. That was just a lie. These lipid nanoparticles have been known for 10 years to cross every boundary in the human body and every membrane in the human body. So they're traversing the placenta, and now we're seeing this horrible thing. And on my substack, you can see a picture of one of these placentas. There's like a netting of calcifications that these impaired placentas of vaccinated women now have, uh, preventing nutrients, oxygen, and, and food, basically, from getting to the baby in utero. And so now uh, midwives, and I've interviewed midwives 
like legacy media interview midwives, you know, about impairments in, in vaccinated women, but I did. And midwives are finding that um, these impaired placentas don't grow normally. So they have to deliver the babies prematurely. Maternal deaths are up 40%. Why? Because these placentas fall apart. Um, and so we're back to an, a 19th century situation for childbearing in which it's quite dangerous for women to, you know, to bear children because of the risk of infection and hemorrhage from these impaired placentas. You know, how do we know it's intentional? Pfizer has a document, which you can see in our reports, which is like a chart showing that they knew it shows 20 different horrible things they knew they were doing to women's menstrual cycles in, in a category for each one, right? With tens of thousands of women in each category. So they knew they were destroying women, whether it was two periods a month or bleeding every single day of your life or agonizing cramps or you know hemorrhaging tissue. I don't want to gross your readers out, but many women are reporting this um, like dangerous hemorrhaging or, you know, 10-year-old girls bleeding upon being injected, 80-year-old women bleeding, you know, upon being injected. They knew they were doing all of this, no periods, meaning no babies, right? They knew it, and they just kept going. And I'm not saying they, there were one or two or five women that had these symptoms. There were tens of thousands of women neatly arranged in these scientific rows. This is Nazi science. Right. This is Mengele science because, you know, you're destroying women, you're disabling them because these conditions, some of them, you can't be a worker if you're hemorrhaging, you know, or bleeding every single day of your life. You can't be a mom effectively. You can't, you know, you can't do anything effectively. Your life is, is ruined. Right. Every woman who's listening to this knows it's hard enough to have a normal, you know, menstrual cycle or, or and let alone these kinds of impairments. So now Ed Dowd has shown huge disability levels. Well, a lot of those are you know, women who are impaired. And Pfizer knew they were doing it to women. So moving on to one other example, they knew they were destroying babies. There's a section of the Pfizer documents that shows a, an 80% miscarriage and spontaneous abortion rate for the pregnant women in their uh, study. There's another section, and this one is shocking. I think this is Report 74. I mean, it's all shocking. But it shows that they knew that the injection would kill babies and they have two dead babies and they described the cause of death, meaning um, spontaneously aborted. And they described the cause of death as quote, their word, transplacental exposure, end mm -hmm. quote, to the vaccine. Those are mm -hmm. Pfizer's words. So they knew that their injection would cause babies to spontaneously abort. Again, it's pretty um, common to have a miscarriage in the first trimester, but second trimester, third trimester, it is not common. And they, that's what they were doing to babies. So what I, I want to tell you about that is that report went on April 10th, 2021 to the CDC. Three days later, Dr. Walensky gave a White House press conference in which she said that the injections were safe and effective for pregnant women. And she recommended that pregnant women get the injections. And she knew that these injections were killing babies. And the last thing I'll mention, well, there's so much more, but they knew that the mRNA and lipid nanoparticles and um, spike proteins were getting into vaccinated mom's breast milk and killing babies. And there's a baby that dies in the Pfizer documents, you know, after nursing from a vaccinated mom, multi, he has 
where the baby has multi-organ system failure and then dies in the ER. And subsequently, uh, many studies have confirmed vaccinated mom's breast milk is basically poisoned with lipid nanoparticles, but also they're covered in polyethylene glycol, which is a petroleum byproduct, which is an antifreeze. So leaving aside everything else, if you're a tiny baby, this is your only food source, and it has antifreeze, mm. an antifreeze ingredient in it, you know, you're going to have, and again, there is a chart, and it will chill your soul. In the Pfizer documents, it shows how the babies are suffering. You know, it shows this many babies had fever, this many babies had chills, These, this many babies were inconsolable, you know, this many babies um, had edema, swelling of the tissues. This is what they were doing to actual babies in their study who were nursing from vaccinated moms. And, you know, God knows who these babies were, right? Because this was illegal experimentation, but they, they knew that this was lethal too. And sure enough, breastfeeding has gone from 34% of all babies and, and moms to just 14%. Wow. Um, and it's probably because babies can't live. On, they're suffering. They, they're, you know, vomiting, diarrhea, you know, tremors, chills, swelling, like all of these, they're being poisoned by vaccinated mom's breast milk. And I haven't even gotten into like semen and, and testes, but it's a 360 degree attack on the entire spectrum of human reproduction. Dr. Wolf, I guess that this story is so horrific and people are clamoring for justice. So I've got to ask you, will anyone ever be held accountable? And if so, how and who? Honestly, I don't have an easy answer to that because we've revealed such abundant documentation of this crime, as have others, that it's astonishing to me that Dr. Walensky and Dr. Fauci and Becerra haven't been dragged off to await trial in handcuffs and all of their cohort and, and Borla and, you know, all of them. I mean, this is a mass murder event on a global scale. So I guess what I would say to that, and we have two lawsuits. We uh, have one team asking the Department of Justice to open an investigation of Pfizer based on fraud. And we've got another team that has asked the Department of Justice to rule against Pfizer based on reckless endangerment. I hope that the, the Department of Justice will do the right thing. Unfortunately, the DOJ is the DOJ of the same criminal administration that endangered all of these Americans. I guess what I would say to your question is that right now, I think the only answers on that scale are spiritual. In other words, if we don't realize we're in a spiritual battle of global dimensions, like unprecedented, nothing will happen. The evildoers will keep going because they want to kill us. This is obvious, right? I think this is a huge like spiritual wake-up call. Mm -hmm. So I personally, kind of, I'm not proselytizing, but I personally believe that human efforts are not going to prevail against an evil this big and that we basically need to kind of pray yes. and, you know, do the things people did in the Old Testament when God was Um because, you know, either we'll all kind of evolve very quickly and enlist divine help or we won't. And our survival really depends on our, our choices about that. Indeed it does. Dr. Naomi Wolf, if people would like to get a copy of your book, The Bodies of Others, or if they'd like to also get a copy of this new report on Pfizer, tell us how we can do those things. Thank you. You can go to Amazon for The Bodies of Others and for the Pfizer, I'm sorry, the War Room Daily Cloud Pfizer Documents Analysis Reports book. 
please do order it. It really helps us. The funds go to our legal efforts, which are very expensive. But also, you can find symptoms in this book and that a lot of people are vaccine injured. And the reports you can bring to your doctor and it will help you get better treatment. So I think it's a life-saving book, right? And like if you give it to people who are thinking of continuing to take boosters, it's going to save their lives as well. Or, you know, people who are thinking of vaccinating their children, you've got to save those lives. Yeah, and you can also order the Pfizer Documents book on dailycloud.io. And please do support us um, in other ways, donations, memberships. I'm sorry to be so frank about this, but we really need people's help in that regard. It's an expensive battle. Tell us how we can donate. Where can we do that? Right on dailycloud.io, there's a purple donate button, and we're super grateful. Thank you so much. And, you know, if people can't afford to donate, you know, send, send prayers our way. We need that as well. Dr. Naomi Wolf, we thank you for the work you're doing on the behalf of many who don't have a voice. And we thank you for joining us today on the Shilling Show Unleashed podcast. Thank you so much. I really appreciate being on your show. That concludes another edition of the Shilling Show Unleashed podcast. Visit us online at shillingshow.com where you can directly support this podcast by clicking on the Patreon banner at the top of the page and making a monthly donation. Your support is essential for the continuation of the Shilling Show Unleashed podcast. Until next time.